0: The Student Support Services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs at Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success.
1: is Ureli Manjaros, but I go by Gabby. Um, I was born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina. My parents came here from Mexico about 25 years ago. Um, I'm actually a first-generation college student. So for me, that means that I was actually the first to graduate high school in my family. And this May, I'll actually be the first to graduate uh, with a bachelor's in human biology. Um, After graduating, I plan on working as a nurse's aide for a year or two uh, just to get more clinical experience working with patients. And then I plan on applying to PA school. I currently work right now with children, Mm -hmm. so I'm either interested in pediatrics or family medicine. And then from there, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. So how about you? My name is Ileana Claudio.
2: I am a First-year student here at NC State. I'm a biochemistry major, um, but I was recently accepted into uh, the Marine Sciences program, so Mm -hmm. I'm currently double majoring. That's great. And um, I come from Robinson County, North Carolina, which is about an hour and a half south of here. Um, My dad is from Puerto Rico, and my mom is from Mexico, and I'm also uh, first generation student. It's awesome. Currently <laughs> struggling through it. You know.
1: <laughs> so, are you a freshman, sophomore? Ah, uh, I am a freshman. It's awesome. Yeah. So, what what high school did you go to? I went to Robinson
2: Early College. Robinson high School. Oh, I don't yeah. think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, it's in Lumberton, North Carolina, which is a. Uh, if you've ever heard of Fayetteville, Fayetteville, Fayetteville is... Yeah, yeah Fayetteville mm-hmm. so is... So down the, south somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Like in between Fayetteville and south of the border. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't travel too much down there. I travel more like near the Asheboro area. Oh, sort yeah. Of. Yeah.
2: Actually, I, I've never been to the mountains, actually. No? Yeah, mm-hmm. no. But it seems cool, though.
1: Yeah, it does seem. <laughs> <laughs> um... All right, so the reason why I wanted to make this TRIO podcast was because I actually received a TRIO Chancellor's Scholarship to fund my study abroad when I went to Belize last summer. So one of the requirements is to um, either do like tabling presentations to at least like three underrepresented groups. So what I did for my first two, I did some tabling at the study abroad fair Mm -hmm. with A couple of students in my group who I went to in Belize and then the second one I did some tabling at Tally. so for the third one um, we were required to do a presentation but I felt that you know just going into like a random classroom or one of my classrooms and just doing like a quick five-minute presentation wasn't wasn't gonna really give a good Mm. representation. Yeah, a good. I guess a good representation of my experience and, you know, my experience not only as a NC State student, but also as a first generation college student, a TRIO student, uh, pre, I guess, pre-med, pre-PA. So I just wanted to incorporate all of those elements into a podcast so that students in TRIO who are in the TRIO program are able to listen to the podcast in the future and they're able to Listen to someone who actually they can actually relate to rather than just, you know, going into a classroom and I speak for five minutes and then, you know, the students will probably forget about the presentation. So that's why I wanted to make this podcast just to talk about my experience studying abroad as well as, um, you know. Different pretty much like little tips and advice that I want to give for future students regardless of their programs or if they want, if they're interested in this program. And, you know, just talk about stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. So
2: can you tell me a little bit about what it was that you did? When did you go? Why did you go? Mm -hmm. What did you go
1: for? Um, So, there's actually two types of study abroad programs. There's a faculty-led program, which is when a faculty member of NC State um, leads a group abroad, and you actually get credits for your uh, NC State courses. So, that's actually the the program I did, Mm -hmm. which is um, the Belize program and I went with Dr. Overman. Um, she's actually a professor at Campbell University. And after completing the summer course, I actually got six credits for my um, biology major. So, oh, the wow. what is it, the biology major electives? Mm-hmm. So, that, that actually worked out really great. And then the second type of program is a semester program, which is a, a little longer, I think. And... Um, So pretty much it's when a student goes to a different university around the world or within the country and you stay there for the whole semester um, and the courses that you take there will transfer into your degree. So here's some tips about finding a program. You can uh, check out your program based on your major. That's actually what I did. I was in human biology. So I looked at any pre-med or pre-health uh, study abroad programs I also looked at the low-cost programs because a lot of them can get very expensive actually the one I went to was actually considered one of the low cost at 3,000 or so dollars um, check out if they fulfill any GEPs or any credits um, that's what I really liked about my program because it actually fulfilled six credits out of my elective so that's pretty much you know taking two classes and one five-week course yeah and then um, you could also just do a general search you know look around see if you're interested in any countries so here's some examples of short-term programs it's a slide you know showing pictures of ireland and scotland south africa if you're interested in wildlife management dominican republic if you're into crop and turf grass science italy if you're studying law and ethics and there's also semester programs which you can go to different countries really nice countries japan uh italy there's also uk poland that's actually another one that um was also pre-health is the one that goes to poland and Denmark as well. And of course, you also have to think about how you're going to afford study abroad. So if you actually become an exchange student, your NC State tuition is actually what you pay for for your exchange. Um, Also, if you receive any financial aid throughout the year, that actually goes with you for your study abroad. And there is a ton of scholarships for study abroad. Just I would recommend to apply early because it's, I believe, it's in November when the scholarships are mostly available. They're actually like in uh, rolling in bases, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much when you are starting your application, you want to fill out an interest form. You want to talk to your advisor to see how study abroad works with your major plan. I think that's that's what he called it, the the semester plan you do with your advisor to see. You know if that's gonna affect anything if you're gonna have to take more courses later on or what courses you need to take before doing the program I know for my program you had to do anatomy and physiology before going to Belize and if you're also interested I would definitely recommend a study abroad session whether that's going to the study abroad fair in the fall or just other sessions so can you tell me a little bit about more specifically what you did when you went and when you went Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that. So I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, So I actually planned on going the summer after my sophomore year. But um, I actually had some, you know, personal things going on. I didn't really have the money to actually go. I didn't apply early enough. So I actually didn't get any scholarships. Um, And then it was fast forward to junior year. Uh, That November, the November fall of my junior year is when I started to apply, um, just because I saw that you're more likely to get scholarships if you apply earlier, even though the deadline was in February. Um, So I applied, Um, the application process is pretty much, you know, essays where you write about your your previous experience, say if you're interested in the healthcare one or the Belize one. So, mine, I would write about my healthcare experience, um, like working as a nurse aide. Um, also, like any other things, such as like what languages you speak. They really liked if you spoke Spanish because obviously you're going to Belize, yeah. <laughs> um, even though like English is, is the. Primary prim, yeah, primary yeah. language, English is a primary language of Belize. Actually, most, most of the patients you actually work with speak Spanish. Oh, wow. Just because um, there are schools, and all the schools actually, they, they teach the children English, but, you know, most of the ones that don't go to school don't learn English, so they end right. up learning only Spanish.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, they really like to feel uh, new, new Spanish. Um, and there there's a lot of other questions that they ask just just relating to why do you want to go to belize why do you want to go on this medical mission trip um let's see so after the application you just have to start preparing for pretty much everything for the trip um i even though i wasn't accepted i think i was accepted a month after i applied just i think it, it took a few weeks for them to review. My application, But I, I did start early, um, like, you know, getting my my vaccinations visa because I have never traveled before. So I don't know how to get a passport. But I was like, w- do you really go to a post office to yeah. get one? <laughs> yeah. So I, I had to figure that one out. But thankfully, there's a, a great um, place here at NC State where you can actually they help you out to do your passports and, you know, take your pictures too. Yeah. So it it was awesome. And that that helped a lot. Um, So back to the visa um, and the passports, vaccinations, you have to get and I think there is a clinic here at state. That's where I got most of my vaccines. Because uh, when you go to Belize, especially in the summer, you gotta be careful with malaria, Zika. Yeah. Especially if you plan on getting pregnant, I definitely don't recommend going abroad into you know areas where there might be like epidemics, like with Zika or any other. I guess mosquito-borne illnesses. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's there's a there's a ton of other vaccines. Um, I can't remember them right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. They also give you like a little med kit thing where it gives you like um, like you know generic like Pepto Bismol, Advil, all sorts of things. But spe- like traveler's diarrhea stuff that uh, I know my professor, Dr. Overman, the faculty, um, the one who actually ran our program, she mentioned that a lot because when you go to a different country, it's like. You know, you're just not used to the food. Yeah, you're exactly not used so. to it. Yeah. 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 Um but, I mean, I guess as a Hispanic, I was pretty used to it because um, a lot of it was like tortillas and rice and chicken, <laughs> staples. And beans. Like yeah. everyone else was like, "What? We're having this again?" And I'm like, "What are we to talk about? This is good." Yeah. <laughs> oh, so this is so, what I have back you know, home. I was like, I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> so my my tummy didn't have such like you know such a problem with that. But I know others in my groups who weren't used to that diet. They definitely needed that medicine. So I think the med kit was great. Um, So let's see. So I guess those are the things that they usually recommend to get first, your passport, definitely, and your vaccinations before you actually start the class. And the class starts in summer session one. Um, What's great about it is that it's actually the classes are in the evening. So say, for example, you work. You know, throughout the day, it actually works very well with your schedule since, you know, you, have, you can take the classes in the evening. So I, I could work as a nurse's aide throughout the day and then I'd come to state and then take my classes there. Um, so the classes ran uh, a few, I would say, four days a week in the evenings. Um it's 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 sort of like a flipped sort of class where it's not like where the teacher, you know, she has like a PowerPoint and she tells you, oh, these are all the different illnesses and, you know, different things we have to learn. It's more like we get into groups of students and then we we get into groups, little groups of four or five, and then we pick a topic that we're interested in. So there's many topics such as like neonatal disorders, um, mosquito-borne illnesses, mental health, like maternal health as well, just, just very general disorders. You would pick a topic and then you, you would actually create a presentation and you would pretty much teach the class. Um, it, obviously, since it's Global Health Perspectives, that's the name of the class, GPH. Um, we actually focused a lot on you know, illnesses, not just in the U.S., but how they're treated, you know, the different kinds of symptoms, how people, I guess, how 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 they're treated based on the resources that are available in every person's country, like, um, you know, obviously, in countries that are under-resourced, you're not going to get the same exact treatments as you would, say, in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so we, we really focused on that, just thinking that, you know, trying to get away from the American mindset that, you know, everything is curable. It's more like looking at trying to get into the perspective of being in someone else's shoes in a different country and to see how their culture, their people have to deal with different diseases and how they... Um, I guess how they cope, the different ways they they have treatments and, you know, just different just getting used to the idea that they don't have all the resources available all the time. So that was a a main topic in our class. So after five weeks or so, um, that's when we started actually preparing to go for the trip. Um, And that's actually when we would buy our plane tickets. So I definitely recommend getting your tickets um, with the teacher, just so that you're traveling with a teacher and, you know, other students. Because I know for our group, I think a few of us, you know, had different tickets and they went through like a completely different state. They went all the way to like Texas and then flew to Belize, whereas mine went through North Carolina, Miami and then Belize. So there was like a few hour delays and we would would have to wait at the airport for a lot of hours. Uh, So definitely try to get the ticket with your teacher or with another group of students. I know there's, like, for every program, there's, like, an itinerary that says you're going to need so-and-so much for food, so-and-so much for travel expenses, and also the application fee, which is non-refundable that you have um, to—you have to pay for that when you're actually applying. Mm -hmm. Um, You mean applying to study abroad? Yeah. Or— Okay. Yeah, so there's an application fee to apply for study abroad, so just to do the actual application. Okay. Is it does it
2: vary or think, is it usually kind of a set
1: price? Yeah, it's a set price. Um, I think it's three either three hundred twenty-five or three hundred ninety-five dollars. It's okay. Three hundred or so dollars. Yes. Yeah. It couldn't be a little expensive. Yeah, it's a little steep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just to apply. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that was Gosh. a part like when I was first applying. I'm like, I don't have money right now. I'm, this is why I want to apply to get scholarships. Yeah. But I didn't know that. And I was like, well, I guess I'll have to use that money that I was saving. Yeah. Um, So let's see. So traveling. Oh, yeah. So you want to ask if there's any additional expenses. So actually for us, what I did not know was that... um, So so let me first tell you what we were actually going to do in Belize. So pretty much the whole trip was a medical mission trip where we're going to go to Belize. We're going to go to like two different towns and we were going to run free clinics there with the doctors there. Mm -hmm. And that would occur for four days or so, four or five days. So what I didn't know was that, you know, these clinics were actually ran, they, they ran based on our donations. So that meant that as a group of us, 30 students, we would have to come up with as many donations as we could, um, which included like medications like prenatal vitamins, you know, different things like toilet paper, um, you know, just the ibuprofen, allergy medicine, cold medicine, so that that was one expense that you know we weren't really told in the itinerary, but I definitely recommend for any students who are interested in this program to definitely start early, make a fundraiser. I know a lot of a lot of our students. Um, they made like a fundraiser through the church. Um, I personally just went to the dollar store and just, <laughs> you know, just racked up a lot of medicines and yeah, because you know it's very expensive. I think I, even then I spent like a hundred dollars there just
2: on just know, medicines. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that was at the dollar store. That's crazy. So um, yeah. I can't imagine like if we actually got like the good stuff, you know. Yeah. And but thankfully, uh, we we had enough. Um... Or, or so we thought. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we had enough because our suitcases, you know, were, we're stuffed. Also, airport. Um, I've actually never traveled across the nation before. So I had no idea, like, what you can put in your suitcase. Like, oh, like yeah. you know, like, I'm yeah. like, what? So actually, funny story. Um, so I've never been on an airplane, too. <laughs> Wait, but you had never been on
2: an airplane yeah. before then? Yeah. yeah. So, okay.
1: um, so... This was, uh, let's see, last year, two thousand seventeen, a spring break. Um, actually, my boyfriend's brother was stationed in Texas, mm-hmm. so we had to move all his stuff from Georgia to Texas in a U-Haul truck. Uh, oh, <laughs> that was <laughs> tough. I can, I can imagine. <laughs> and then um, once we got there, you know, we helped clean and stuff and move the everything pretty much. And then we actually had to take a plane back from Texas to North Carolina. So that was actually my first plane uh, plane ride. And I was very scared because yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And then, you know, to make matters worse, there was a lot. It was like it was storming a lot. Oh, so. <laughs> the thunders thunderstorms, yeah. there was the a ton of turbulence. <laughs> so I was just trying to like hang on you know, yeah. for my life. I was so scared. So that was actually pretty much like the scariest part for me, you know. Going to Belize was actually the airplanes because I don't have much experience on airplanes. Yeah. So we had to go from Raleigh, RDU to Miami. And then from there to Belize, which is, like, across the ocean. Yeah. And, you know, when I had window seats, too. So, like, oh, I, I no. could always see, like, <laughs> down there. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> ocean. Yeah. <laughs> what's going to... And I also, I can't swim. <laughs> That's all of the things put together. I can't swim either. Yeah. So, I'm like, what's going to happen if, like, you know, the plane falls from the sky? or mm-hmm. Like, that. that was my main worry, just the airplane itself. Mm-hmm. And also, I didn't know what to pack, like... I've since I don't really travel a lot. Like I'm like, but what do you pack? What you know? There's like strict regulations on like, what you know the, like certain containers. Yeah, certain and like ounces amounts. and yeah. stuff and plastic bags. So I I had trouble with that too. Did but they take I, any of your stuff away? Um, no, I don't think they did. Oh, but okay. I, I made sure to you know follow the regulations and stuff and. It's so, like did you have to look online before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the okay. RDU website too, yeah. to see what what's considered good (laughs) to bring Mm -hmm. um let's see actually what i did um i brought two suitcases and a backpack too Mm -hmm. backpack just so i could you know when we're walking around in the towns just so i can carry my water and stuff um you know another small suitcase for you know my clothes and all that stuff and then another like huge suitcase it was like three feet long and like two feet wide and that pretty much held like all the medications and stuff so i definitely recommend if you can find like you know a suitcase at like goodwill or something Mm -hmm. that you don't really care for it a big one just stuff it with everything you can i definitely wish i stuffed mine more with more like medications you know also bring like cute stickers and coloring books for the kids because we have a um like uh, we actually go to the schools and mm-hmm. you have like a, like, you know, it's sort of, it reminds me of um, like field day, you know, oh, in elementary yeah. school. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. like, it was a really fun. So and little toys too for the kiddos. Um, I definitely wish I, I would have brought more stuff, but that suitcase was heavy. So yeah, <laughs> I don't think I would have, I can imagine. I don't, I don't think I would have been able to bring any more stuff, but I, I definitely wish I would have brought more. Um, Because at the time, you know, when we're in class and we, you know, all of us brought our donations together, Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, we have so much stuff. Like, let's let's pack this here and here. But then once you get there and, you know, you start doing clinics, like we actually started running out of stuff after the first day. Like we, we were like probably, I don't know. I would say, like, 40% through the stuff that we brought. And it was, like, the first day, yeah. and we had, like, four more days. So definitely I wish we would have brought a lot more medications. Um, so let's see. So traveling, airports. So wait,
2: you spent how many days at the hospital? At, at the hospital? It was. A, is it a hospital, or is it, like, So a- actually,
1: so... Hmm. how should i so i guess i'll give you a little bit of a timeline maybe that'll make more sense yeah, yeah yeah yeah. okay so um so pretty much you have classes for summer session for i'd say four weeks okay i think the summer session is like six weeks or i don't remember how many weeks and that was here yeah, at, at NC State, State. Okay. yeah. So that's when you do the whole presentations and learn about global health and different ways to, you know, treats, different, um, I guess, different, like, campaigns, ways people can come together and help treat, you know, diseases and such. Um, and after those five weeks, you go to Belize for... Around two weeks. I think it's about 11 days. So the first day, um, pretty much the first day is, you know, jet lag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we're just tired. Um, The first day is pretty much waiting for everyone to come to the airport in Belize. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all those people who might have gone through different, like, plane routes and stuff, we have to wait for those people. And there's, you know, 30 of us, too. Right. So... So there's 30 of us, so there's there's a lot of waiting. Um, And then once you get there, the first day is pretty much orientation. You know, they tell you, like, this is what we're going to do. We actually work with um, um, ISL, which is, um, oh, I don't remember what the acronym stands for. Pretty much ISL is like a a team over there in Belize who works with students or I guess pretty much students who are pre-health or who come through study abroad, you know, sort of help them orient with the orientation around Belize. Mm -hmm. Um, So they work with not just, you know, undergrad students, they work with dental students, um, medical students, you know, any, any students who come to Belize and they just sort of help them out. Um, So they were, they were very helpful. And that's when we met our two doctors who we're going to be primarily working with. um, So that we first were in Corozal. Um, So it's like a a little town in Belize, sort of, I wish I would have brought a map just to show you where it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and in a first day orientation, you know, just settling in hotel stuff, you know, they, they tell you a lot of stuff, you know, like a lot of us were very surprised, like you can't drink the water there. So we are pretty much drinking out of a, what do you say? Like a blue gallon jug of water. Cause we, we just can't drink the water. So we have to be careful with like brushing our teeth. Um, just use the water from the sink to wash our hands, but we can't drink it just because it's not safe. It's, the water's not safe. So, what do the people who live there do? Um, so, actually, they—you um, actually get to notice once you walk through the villages, or not the villages, the little neighborhoods, I guess. They—they um, they have like a different water system where it goes through. I guess, sort of like with Raleigh, what is it called—the like a filtering system or sort of like a. You know it's like a main water system okay but it goes through like the whole country so they have that but it's obviously not as filtered as say raleigh would be Mm -hmm. it's not adding you know what did they add chlorine or something like whatever it may be yeah whatever they put in our water so it's it's not i guess safe to our standards but for them it's like you know it's all they have so it's pretty much what they use to drink and cook um other things, um air conditioning. <laughs> it was very hot when we went it was in June. Um uh, pretty much air conditioning was only in the hotel where we stayed at. So everywhere else it was hot. <laughs> yeah. It was very, very, very hot. Um Wi Fi, you know, us students were just so used to, you know, having Wi Fi everywhere. Wi Fi only at the hotel and it wasn't, you know you know, super fast. Yeah. So we we could barely do, like, any Skype calls to our family members or texting. Texting, you know, it, it didn't have much signal, I guess. So definitely you're pretty much in the dark, sort of, yeah. <laughs> feels like. Yeah. Um, so that was the first day, just getting used to that, getting our roommates, um, you know, just... You know also getting a general timeline of what we're gonna do so we were told we were gonna so I think we came on a Sunday so on Monday the following day we would go to the neighborhoods um, so it's not like a walk-in clinic <laughs> so what we actually had to do was we had to walk throughout the neighborhoods and we would have to you know go to people's houses and be like, in actual, in Spanish, because most of them spoke in Spanish, be like, hey, is there anyone sick in the family? We're having a free clinic tomorrow at so-and-so place. Um, and then we would have a form where we would fill out, like, if they had any specific things that they were worried about, like colds, or if they had any... If they had any known illnesses, so if they knew if they had like diabetes, um, you know, just little general questions just mm-hmm. to help the doctors for the following day to sort of get a general idea of what was going on with them. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we were put into like groups of five or so, and we all went through different streets in the town. And, uh, you know, it was, it, you know, you started with you gotta practice your spanish a lot yeah Yeah. you gotta be good with your spanish and a lot most of the time it was like me because i i I can speak fluent spanish it was like me like helping my group mates um a lot or you know they they were i could tell they were a little uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you know and you know just just helping them out um so that's what we would do for the whole whole day, the first day. We would walk all day throughout the neighborhoods. It was very hot. There um, a scorching sun on you. Yeah. you. You wore scrubs, too. Oh, man. So we um, wore our scrubs and drank a lot of water. Um, also, Hmm. I guess one big thing with uh, Belize or any other country that's, you know, prone to, like, mosquito-borne illnesses, you have to wear a lot of mosquito spray. Yeah. (laughs) So we pretty much, like you know it was like all over us like, like we would make yeah. This <laughs> like we would like in the mornings when we would you know get ready to leave to go walk to the neighborhoods like it was just like clouds of spray yeah. all over us and we would just like all be all you know oily from the spray and stuff and you know and then mix that with our sweat it, like yeah. it's so hot and it just <laughs> did it smell good. yeah I can imagine yeah so um definitely a lot of walking mm-hmm. um
2: so and that was the first day. Yeah,
1: that was first, and then the following day is when you would actually open up the free clinic with the doctors. Okay. So was it any? Was it near the hotel or was it um, far away? I would say like thirty minutes away. Okay. We had a bus that we would go to okay, there. Okay, cool. Um, so. The free clinic was pretty much in the neighborhood just because it, you know, for the patients, for them to be closer or to get there faster. So it was centralized? Yeah, centralized. So it was in the community center. They they would call it it el centro de comunidad. Um, So at the community center, each little neighborhood had one. So it was either that or a church. I know the the third one we did was like at a church. Mm -hmm. So we would set up, you know, it was just like plastic chairs, benches, um, we would set up that like little groups again. and then, you know, at the back at the back of the room, we would have like blankets because mm-hmm. that's pretty much all we had. And that's on the other side it was the doctors worked, and they would actually you know give a physical evaluation of the patient, you know, just give them a little privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, patients would get there really early in the morning. We would have to wake up early. And then again, in little groups of us, we would help um, do vitals, so basic vitals like blood pressure, height, weight, um, pulse. Um, And then we would ask questions like, "What? Why are you here? What's going on?" Um, And then. There was, like, a little form that had a ton of things, like, they would ask, you know, a lot of personal questions, like, for the, the girls or the women, they would ask, like, when was your last period, you know, just because it would, you know, give a general indicator of their health. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of, you know, very personal questions that when you're, I guess... It sort of helps you if you're interested in healthcare, like, sort of get used to that because you're going to have to do that a lot with patients in the future. Um, And then afterwards, we would take them to the doctor in the back, and they would get, you know, evaluated. They would be given a diagnosis if possible. Unfortunately, a lot of the patients weren't really given a proper diagnosis, as in, uh, I guess, they were given a good diagnosis, but we didn't have the treatment they needed. Okay, okay. So, for example, a lot of um, um, there was a ton, a ton of patients that like I felt really bad because we just we couldn't help them. Mm-hmm. So I know one of the first days I would, um, my group and I, we we went to the neighborhood. And there was a man with cataracts, so he was asking us if we were like surgeons because a lot, you know, there's a lot of different groups that come to these neighborhoods to help out, and we, we couldn't help him. Um, you know, there's, I guess when you when you go check out their houses, you sort of get to see the, the living conditions. You know, they're they're pretty much like shacks. Um, you know, there's not really a door. Um, the the bathrooms there's no proper bathroom it's pretty much a pit latrine which is a hole in the ground mm-hmm. that's where they use their bathroom um, like you you could definitely tell they weren't living in the best conditions that they could have mm-hmm. um, you also you you'd see a lot of sad stuff too like I remember yeah, I was seeing this woman who had like all these scabs all over her, and you could tell she she had some sort of, I guess, disorder, mm-hmm. um, some sort of, I would say mental health disorder. You could tell, and then I guess her husband, like he would complain to us. He was like, "Well, she keeps you know picking these scabs or so," and you you, you could assume there was abuse. So. You know, there was a lot of things that mm, that were, that were really tough to see. And, you know, and children, that you know their their tummies were sticking out a lot just because they were malnourished. Um, then just you know, and it was it was very tough just for for us to be like, you know, you have a very difficult, I guess, disease. Or Mm -hmm. condition, and we unfortunately can't treat you because all we have are vitamins, aspirin, you know, just very cold allergy, flu medicine. Just basics. Yeah, basic stuff. We couldn't really treat them as much as we could. Um, So that that so the go into the neighborhood and then to the clinic. That would flip flop. That we did that three times, and then. Um, the final one was when we, we would get all, all of us together, 30 students of us, and we would make like a super big clinic, mm-hmm. and I think at the end of those six days, we, um, we treated or I guess we helped over 500 or so patients together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. it was great. Um, so it was a lot of work, but it was nice. Mm-hmm. Um...
2: Let's see, I feel like I talk a lot. <laughs> so, so how do you think your perspective changed after you? Um,
1: after I went,
2: yeah, after you went and then came back, and how did you see things differently?
1: Um, so actually, the one of the main reasons I went was because I I was stuck between pre med and pre PA. Um, so when I first got into NC State. I was, um, I first applied as a human biology major, mm-hmm. but I actually got into first year college, which is I think exploratory studies now, okay. which is like, yeah. you know, you're not really in a major. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I I wanted to do microbiology. I think, um, I think Sarah sort of mentioned that you, you wanted to, you know, put yourself out of, you know, just not be generic what's that word? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, kind of a weird
2: combination of biochemistry and marine sciences is Mm -hmm. what I'm looking at right now. But yeah. So sort of, like,
1: not be... So narrow and... Yeah. Yeah. Sort of put... I don't know how to word it out. Like, interdisciplinary? Um... Or combination, kind of? Sort of, like, just not be... I don't like the word generic. Um... little bit more unique path yeah be be more unique so actually i started to major i i coded is that coded 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 (laughs) i coded into microbiology Mm -hmm. and um i i took a few micro courses um so at at the time (laughs) so (laughs) it's like i'm flip-flopping all over um so in high school is when i really started being interested in healthcare mm-hmm. um actually senior year I took like a pharmacy tech course um I was like ooh, I want to do pharmacy yeah. <laughs> and then uh freshman year here like hmm medical school you know <laughs> I'm like I want to be a doctor because you know like woohoo you know yeah first gen you know you got to do the best ever yeah. and then I think around my sophomore year um uh you know, as a first-gen student, you know, classes are tough, <laughs> you know? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I always tell, like, my advisors, like, you know, my parents, you know, obviously they— they. My mom stayed in school until, like, eighth grade, and my dad did, like, freshman year of high school. So it's only, like, a little, like— <sighs> There comes a point where they can't really help you in your education. You know, like you can't be like, hey, mom, can you help me with this homework? You yeah. know, there there comes a point where you're like, well, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like when I transition into college, it's like, well, I'm on my own. now. Like, I don't know what to do, yeah. what classes to take, Oof, you know, I they really did not know anything what a bunch of stuff means mm-hmm. like how
2: like paying for school works and, it, yeah i remember yeah i remember when i was applying to school it was a mess but yeah, I I like I I didn't even know what an SAT subject test was until I applied. This. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I was like, well, said, everyone wow.
1: else is is taking SATs and ACT, so I'm like, well, I guess I'll do I honestly didn't study for it, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, well, I like I I don't know. I'm like, you have to take this for college. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had like, no idea. I really yeah. wasn't planning on going to college, but I don't know. I was like, well, I might as well go, you know. Mm-hmm. So um. So yeah, fast forward to sophomore year, I was you know very like pre med, you know doctor, and and then you know some, some personal you know I would say some some tough things happened in sophomore year that really changed my perspective because um, you know my my father is a landscaper, so we're pretty much on his income depending on his income. Mm-hmm. Um, Mom doesn't work, and I have two younger sisters and an older brother. Um, and you know, we're we're living in like a two bedroom apartment, like five of us to a room. And you know, you just you just get cramped, and you know, trying to study in there, you know, there's no privacy. There's just yeah. it's, you know, like I would stay up till three in the morning to study because that's when everything was quiet. Um, and just all that pressure and stress like I was like do I really want to do medical school do I really you know like I honestly asked myself like why do I want to go to medical school and also like you know I asked my friends that too and most of our responses were like you know just two letters MD or you know the status the money and and I was thinking to myself like that's not really enough for me to be like I want to go yeah like that's that's not what I want to do. I don't want to spend, you know, another eight years of my life in debt and stress and, you know, putting all this pressure on myself just because I want to, you know, help out my family. Because that was sort of my end goal. I wanted to really help out my family. Like my dream for me is to to buy a house for my parents, um, a nice car for them. But it's like with medical school, it's like, well, you, you have to postpone it until your thirties. Yeah. And then after that, with all that debt and I know how it's like, you know, for my family to live in debt and it's it's a really, really tough place to be in. So um, so that's, that's sort of why I went to this on this trip was just to see, like, would I still be, you know, would I still consider medical school? Um, and I def- definitely think it helped me a lot, um, you know, considering other options I, besides medical school, because I know, you know it, when I would see the doctors over there, they were working so much. And I guess it's, it's a lot different than here in the U.S., but over there in Belize, um, there's actually hospitals, like one hospital per district. So I think it's like eight or seven district, districts. Mm-hmm. And... Um, You know, you only get to see like 50 patients per day. And like we actually did a hospital tour and it was like all full of people just waiting hours and hours. And the poor doctors like for each hospital, there was only five doctors and there was like one family doctor, one psychiatric, one pediatric just different doctors, but imagine you know taking care of yeah. all those people. That's crazy. It must be tough. Yeah, and that's sort of what I see also in the U.S., although not as mm-hmm. as much. But it's just this whole, you know, being a doctor. It's like you you you're pretty much responsible for every patient you see, and. That's stressful. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's very stressful. Yeah. Um and you know how they describe like oh like when you're considering different healthcare professions, like where do you wanna be like sitting in a car, do you wanna be driving the car or would you be okay as a passenger? And I'm like, Well I would be okay as a passenger so you know, that's when I started considering PA school. Yeah. Um, just because I like it because it's it's more flexible. Um Plus, it'll give me a few years after school to really think about, do I really like working with people or yeah. not? Because um, I know that was, that was a big thing in our group in Belize. Um, a few of my group, uh, people, students in my group, um, after that trip, they definitely, a lot of them, they're like, well, I don't know if I want to do PA. I'm thinking of nursing instead. Or even others, they were like, well... I don't know if I want to do medical school anymore. I don't. I don't feel like I like people a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a Ph.D. instead. So definitely, a lot of people their their um, perspectives were changed, and I think mine was definitely changed for the better. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it gave me that affirmation of yeah, PA school will be a good fit for me. Yeah. Um. Yep. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so, um,
2: what about? I know you talked a little bit about, um, the money aspect of how, you know, how you were going to pay for study abroad and things like that. So how is, what's the best way to prepare, would you say, Um, as a freshman, if you, if you were to have prepared as a freshman to go study abroad?
1: As a freshman, um, I guess uh, as a freshman in pre-health? Um,
2: in uh, in general, just
1: anything to start thinking about now. Um, Definitely, if you're working a job, I would say definitely save a lot of money. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Um, Apply for scholarships. I really, really recommend scholarships. Um, if you're in TRIO, that's actually how I got my scholarship to fund my study abroad. The yeah, TRIO Chancellor Scholarship mm-hmm. um, pretty much paid for like almost all of it. So that was oh, wow. awesome. And I'm very thankful for, you know, my TRIO advisors for nominating me for that. Um, To be honest, if it wasn't for the scholarship, I probably wouldn't have studied abroad because I, I just couldn't be able to afford it. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard for anyone to study abroad, especially for, you know, students like, you know, mm-hmm. me and you, where we're, we're you yeah. know, first gen, we might be a little broke. Yeah. It's because, well, we don't have the money to go, you know, we're yeah. not um, privileged enough to be like, hey, dad, can you right. pay this for me? So... Can't really uh, put that on my Christmas list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um... I really, really recommend scholarships. That's honestly, the only way I can think of, you know, if you were in a situation like mine or yours, like how you could possibly fund the uh, study abroad because it it can get very expensive. Like mine was around $3,000. And that's not including any other expense. Yeah, that's not including, you know, passport fees, getting a passport since I didn't have a passport to travel internationally. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, clinic vaccination fees, I'm... You know, I don't have the best health insurance because, mm-hmm. you know, I pay, I don't pay much each month. So it didn't, honestly, it didn't really cover a lot of the vaccines and medications. So that was all out of pocket. Yeah. Um, all the medications I told you earlier about, mm-hmm. dollar store out of pocket. Um. So you know, there's just a little, mm, definitely start saving up, I would recommend you know, just waiting, you know, it's okay if you don't do it, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, I went my junior year. Um, you know, I think it's, it's all right waiting just because, you know, maybe after a year or so, maybe you're like, oh, well, maybe I don't know if I want to go to this program or maybe I like this program better. Or Mm -hmm. you might want to think about, you know, how expensive it is to, if you actually can afford it. Um, that's one reason why I actually went on this program, because the other one, I think it was in Ethiopia, and it cost like 5000 Yeah. That was a little bit out of my budget, but scholarships are the way to go. Mm-hmm. And definitely if, you, if you're in TRIO, talk to your advisor, so they'll, they'll help you a lot um, in terms of scholarships. If you're in any other programs... I think, the University Honors Program. I'm in the University Honors Program, that's a, so yeah,
2: hmm. yeah. that's great. <laughs> yeah. It's like my twins. <laughs> so, yeah, because uh, I also have two younger sisters and an older brother. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico, <too>. Right. <laughs> um, so definitely, like any other programs you're in, um, talk to your it, academic advisor mm-hmm. um, about other ways to fund. Um, there's also the what do you call it the GoFundMe Go, oh, Go yeah, 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 yeah 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 so unfortunately I didn't do that I really wanted to but I think it was in May like right before leaving in June I was mm-hmm. like hmm should I do one but I was yeah, like, eh, it's a little too late yeah, yeah definitely I've seen a lot of students do GoFundMe uh, campaigns or so and that that helped them a lot um, you know, just putting it on social networks, Facebook, family, mm-hmm. family know, and friends. Yeah, family. Yeah. A lot of my family members they uh, contributed. Yeah. <laughs> so that that helped a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, um a lot to think about, especially as a freshman. You mm-hmm. know, young undergrad. Think about the expenses. I think the expenses is the hardest. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, if you haven't traveled a lot, you know, just getting accustomed to traveling, you know, being with, you know, students who aren't, you know, who don't look like you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, that was. (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, you, you you know, you just sort of, I don't know, like you probably went to school. Did you go to school here, like elementary school in North oh, Carolina, yeah. US? Yeah. You know, you sort of get used to being that outcast, you know, when you're young. And I feel like study abroad still lacks a lot of diversity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we definitely need to encourage more students, you know, to go because you don't, you know, you don't want to be the only minority there yeah. you know you, f- you feel very awkward and you honestly I, you can't relate to yeah. others yeah so that's that's a, a hard part but for me like I, I was put in that situ- situation too and you know I just I was like well you know like it's either like I isolate myself or I just make friends and that's what I decided to do I was like I don't really care you know if you're richer than me or if you've been on so many so trips like i just want to know who you are as a person and what are your interests in healthcare. and i I made a lot of friends yeah yeah on the trip and
2: that's
1: cool it's also like a group of 30 of us so you're not going to get along with everyone obviously yeah but but there's a few you know great people you're going to meet and that's that's what i enjoyed a lot Mm -hmm. that's awesome
2: (laughs) any other things I think I think probably my last question would be: Would you recommend for someone who has a bit of a more t- uh, tight schedule as far as their classes go? Would you recommend them, besides seeing their advisor, seeing someone in the study abroad office to kind of talk out um, when it is that um, a student like that should go? As in, I guess I'm using me as an example that I have a a bit more. I don't have as Like Much of a lenient schedule. I have uh, all of my GEPs filled. So now the only things that I would be taking are major courses. So Mm -hmm. I think my only option would be to study in the summer. Yeah. But how and when is kind of a question that I'm trying to get hmm. answer so do you usually take summer
1: courses no yeah. I, I don't think I'll have to if I stay on course okay um, definitely look into summer programs if you have like a tight schedule because that that's sort of what was with me was because um, you know like there's different ones like semester programs and I think like spring alternative spring yeah. week ones mm-hmm. um, I personally like the short programs maybe i'm biased just because i yeah. went to a really really short one um just because i feel like i i don't know it, it gives me enough of that study abroad experience but it's not to the point where i feel like oh gosh i'm falling behind mm-hmm. you know i feel like oh am i going to graduate on time mm-hmm. so that's actually what i liked about my program Plus, if you want, you could also look into whether it fulfills any, like, GPs or any major requirements. Like, for mine, it gave me six credits. Uh So, that's pretty much two less classes to take for me, which worked out really great for me. Um, So, let me think about the question. Yeah, definitely look at, you know, summer... Um, study abroad sessions. If you really, really want to do a semester, I would definitely talk with your advisor, um, just to see like if there's a program that works well with your, with your major. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's some programs that have certain classes that you you can take over wherever country you're going to or city, um, and that that those will transfer for your major. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know. Um, I guess I guess we we all have that sort of thing where we're like we got to graduate in four years but you know if if you honestly want to do study abroad and if it might put you behind a semester, I mean I think that's that's all right unless you have like a very tight schedule I guess it just depends on what you're you want to do yeah. after graduation, yeah. like, are you just going to like be working after graduation or would you, is that too much of a risk to, you know, take a semester off to, you know, postpone your graduation, um, to study abroad. But I mean, it, it all just depends on, you know, how, yeah, you know how. that's actually,
2: that's, a, that was actually an idea that I hadn't contemplated until someone mentioned it to me, um, a couple of weeks back, I went to, it was another thing dealing with um, study abroad and they said, yeah, you know, if you can add on a minor um, at the tail end of your last, you know, full year Mm -hmm. and just graduate a semester late, then that wouldn't be, you know, the end of the world. And I, you know, I started thinking more about that because I'd also really like to study a language, um, but I don't have space Mm -hmm. in my schedule, but, but that's if I graduate in four years. Yeah. So if I so, were to, you So know, what are your plans after graduating? Uh, I would, you know, I guess, well, <laughs> I was going to originally just straight into postgrad. Um, but that's if, you know, that's a very rigid plan. Mm-hmm. So I guess it wouldn't be the end of the world if, you know, I were to stay another semester, maybe do some language studies, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it's something to contemplate.
1: But, yeah, yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just. <laughs> I guess it's very instilled in us to be, be like, you got to graduate in four years. Yeah. You know, you got to, you know, if you do longer than four years, you're going to look bad or mm-hmm. something. But, you know, I, I honestly, I, I think it's it's all right if you extend it a semester or two. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just just take your time. I feel like even for me, I'm a lot different than I am from freshman year and sophomore year. You're, you're going to change a lot and, you know, plans are going to change. I know for me, I planned on graduating with microbiology mm-hmm. and I was thinking um, pre-med, microbiology, you know, make me unique but you know, things happen you know sophomore year and I had a withdrawal from a few classes um you know just just a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. and you know I, I felt very stressed because I'm like oh I'm behind I'm not going to graduate on time but you know just just take it slow you know enjoy it while you can. Yeah. You know, like it's for me, it's like I'm graduating in May. I'm like, what? It went by so fast. But then like, I know like two years ago, I would have been like, ah, I can't wait to graduate. Yeah. yeah, It's going by so slow. But, you know, just, I I would definitely, I, I loved my study abroad experience. Um, you know, I, I don't really travel a lot. I think that's probably the only country I'll get to travel in like quite a few years. Um, you know, it'll just give you a lot more perspective on you know just <laughs> mm. I want to word this right <laughs> um I guess it just gives you a different perspective, you know, like for me, like I was born and raised in Raleigh, like literally like my childhood home is like two streets away. So oh, like wow. this little area right here has always been like my, pretty much my whole childhood, my whole life. So to be able to go to a different country by myself, um, was a very unique experience and I felt I felt very accomplished after I did that. Yeah. Um, you know, do, getting over a lot of stuff like, you know, getting on my first airplane across the country or, you know, doing a lot of different things. Like after the clinicals, you know, it's like uh, we get like a few like vacation days mm-hmm. in Belize. So we actually went to, um, we climbed some Mayan ruins. Oh, so awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And then we went to Kikalkar, which is a, like a beautiful island. Yeah. Um, you know I guess, you know, the, the coral reef, it's like bright blue waters mm-hmm. and I went scuba, scuba, not scuba diving. Like snorkeling? Snorkeling, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though I didn't know how to swim. <laughs> that was scary too because uh, the instructor, I was like, um, like we had the little life vest, mm-hmm. but they yeah. like, felt like little balloons and I'm like, I don't know how to swim. <laughs> so thankfully the snorkeling instructor, he was like holding my hand. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know how to swim, but yeah. you know, you it was very nice to be able to look down and you know, see the sharks and the little manta rays, what are they called? Yeah. And different things and just, you know, going through a boat in a river and it was super fun and, you know, seeing monkeys, you know, mm-hmm. out there and so I definitely recommend this program a lot if you're interested in healthcare. Um going on a medical mission trip I've always wanted to go ever since I was little so I'm glad Mm -hmm. you know I was given the opportunity to go yeah I definitely recommend it cool cool well I think that that sums up
2: all of my questions at least yeah (laughs) I talked I got my I got my questions answered so Would you I be interested it.
1: in this program in
2: the This future? one in particular, honestly, it sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some uh, looking around though through the website to see what else is, Especially, or maybe maybe something of similar fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, <laughs> thank you that I appreciate. Yeah, it. Hmm? No yeah. problem. Cool. All right, and we hope you enjoyed our podcast. Thank you for listening.
0: TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about Student Support Services at NC State.